Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? I hope you had a good week. I hope you have a good week planned ahead. And if you haven't planned it, I hope this uh, episode helps you plan. I know I've been talking a lot about goal setting lately, uh, and this one is a little bit different. It is uh, slanted towards entrepreneurship, but uh, the principles that I'm sharing are relevant to anyone who has a job. And of course, it's focused on ADHD, but it's really beneficial and relevant to anyone who struggles with follow through and uh, just getting started. So if that's you, welcome, because that's me too. (laughs) So today, like I said, we're going to talk about ADHD as a superpower. And before we even get into the topic, I just want to say there's some debate as to whether or not ADHD is a superpower. Some people believe it is, some people believe it's not. It is neither right nor wrong to believe either way is just that whatever you believe is true. So I choose to believe it's a superpower because I see no reason to believe otherwise. Why would I believe it's a hindrance or a disorder or something that holds me back like a handicap? How does that help me? Obviously, I know the world is not built for me. And as my coach said this this week, the world uh, it wasn't built for you. So you have to bend it towards yourself, which I thought was just so true. The world is not be- uh, built for ADHDers. So We need to do what we need to do to bend it our way. And on that note, I think a lot of what I'm going to share today is going to be helpful in that regard. So I hope that you get a lot out of it. Just one more quick uh, level set on the nature of ADHD. Personally, I believe the name attention deficit disorder or hyperactivity disorder is a misnomer. Uh, In fact, we have the ability to hyper-focus, and that is a superpower in and of itself. And when we're super-focused, we are super-productive, and it's what Gay Hendricks calls the genius zone. This is why I think ADHD uh, people, or let's just call them ADDers, uh, are, they do so well in entrepreneurship because if we're free to leverage our superpowers and be intentional about the work we're doing, we are seriously unstoppable. I've mentioned this before. It's only when we're forced to do things that we don't have interest in because we have interest-driven brains that our symptoms present in a negative way. And it can look like the inability to get started or safe focused or follow through. So I will say that even just in scripting the episode for this week, I worked so hard. I worked all weekend on it and I was super hyper focused on it. And I was really enjoying this topic because entrepreneurship and ADHD are really like the sweet spot of where I want to help. And I was in hyper-focus all weekend long. And certainly uh, that's a great thing when you want to be productive, but it can also be detrimental when um, you're in hyper-focus and you don't know how to pull yourself out of it. And the only reason you stop is because you completely burn out. So because I am very aware of that and I have boundaries now, I'm able to avoid the crash and burn. But if that's you, then uh, I've got so much that I need to share with you in coming uh, podcasts. But I digress. Speaking of creating boundaries, that's really the first point that I want to land on here. 
finding creative ways to do things is our superpower. Our brains are always think divergently first, which means that instead of having a sequential thought, like, you know, one one thought, then another thought, then another thought that sort of, you know, all move in a, a direction, we might have like 64 thoughts all at the same time. And that while it sucks for execution, it's really amazing for brainstorming original ideas. So what I do to make this a superpower is give myself a container of time to think divergently in my business. So I'm, you know, giving myself this space is when my brain is feeling in that mode and I just brain dump all my creative ideas. And of course, I get creative ideas all the time. So when I'm not in that container of time, I also have a way of quickly capturing uh, my brain dumps in ClickUp, which is my productivity app that oh, I love it so much. Sorry. Um, but that is what I do. So once I have um, my, my ideas together, I have to put them aside and let them marinate. The reason is that I have learned I need to create boundaries around ideas or if I act on them right away, which is what I call like a raw idea, if I act on a raw idea, sometimes I come to regret it. And it's because when we are not really thoughtful about the ideas that we act on, we can be impulsive and reactive and do things we don't necessarily want to do in the moment because our attention's a little skewed, right? So when you have your ideas containerized and then you go back to them intentionally and sort through them when your brain is in more of a convergent linear thinking mode, then it makes it so much easier. And here's what I do. This is a really important tip and you can use this in any area of life. I pull out my ideas when my brain is in that really sort of logical uh, or linear way of thinking and I go through them with, uh, I go through my ideas with a filter. So for example, if I'm brainstorming a bunch of content and then ideas and then I leave it aside and then I come back to it, I will use a content filter to see whether or not I want to proceed with an idea. So my content filter is keyword research. I go through all of my ideas. First of all, I kind of get a feeling for, you know, what would this idea look like? Who would it help? What would the, you know, point of it be? And then is there a good keyword search availability for it? And if there's not, then I might park the idea and noodle on it another time. Or uh, I might, you know, take it at that point and put it into my calendar at the top of my workflow. And I'll talk about workflows in more details in another podcast, but I do mention them uh, a little bit throughout this podcast. Uh, so that's sort of the rhythm of how I move an idea, a raw idea through to action. I don't do it all at once. I never act on my ideas uh, as they come up and I give myself time and space to sort through them with a filter. Another thing I do for my personal life, I love online shopping as we all do. So what I will do is if I'm on a site and there's a sale, I'll go ham putting like a ton of stuff in my cart. But my filter is that I do not allow myself to purchase anything for 24 hours. And that cooling off period is so powerful because the next day I'll go back into that cart. Even if I remember that, you know, I was shopping last night, very often I don't. So if I remember that I'm shopping, then I'll go back in. Uh, and first of all, remembering means that there was things in there I wanted. Then I'll go back in with, you know, a new fresh mindset and say, are these things I actually want to have? And very often, I'm usually able to whittle it down to one or none. And that's powerful, guys. If you are an impulsive shopper, definitely take that advice. So 
All of these boundaries help me pause and switch my brain from reactivity, impulsivity, impulsivity to a rational decision-making process, which is, like I said, not something that's always available to us. But when you can go there consciously, particularly after a workout, a coffee, and a nice dose of ADHD meds, when your executive function is like firing in all cylinders, then you're so ready to rock and roll. So think about that. Think about when are you setting your, when are you collecting your ideas and when will you actually execute on them and what state of mind do you need to be? You need to be fed, medicated, uh, well-slept and well-exercised. That is when you are really in your genius zone. So the next point is controlling energy and time as much as humanly possible. So one thing about ADHDers and really all people is that our attention and our energy can be super unpredictable. And that's really problematic in a nine to five job where you need to show up five days a week and be quote unquote on. So if you have a crappy sleep or something like that, then you're not presenting as your best self But in the corporate world, you don't necessarily have the flexibility to make changes. So entrepreneurship enables me and all all other people to manage time more autonomously. It's not 100% that way, but I do like intentionally choose business models that accommodate my need for time flexibility. Like I limit one-on-one client appointments in favor of I'm starting to move towards small group coaching, or I do a lot of pre-recorded content creation as opposed to live stuff because that just works for me. Like I knew that I was going to be in good form today, good form tonight, and it was a great time for me to record the podcast. So I'm able to set up my calendar so that it really uh, works in favor of my energy. And I know at what points of the day I'm high energy or low energy, uh, and I can schedule things that are high energy tasks or low energy tasks accordingly. I will have to do a YouTube video on that because I've learned some mind blowing techniques for, um, planning workflow. Uh, but that's again, a nerd out session on YouTube if you're interested. So, Personally, asynchronicity is my jam. Once I discovered that freedom and flexibility are two of my core values, I quickly went about creating these systems in my businesses so I could, you know, uh, manage my time more effectively. And I encourage you to do that as well. There's so much to unpack there, but I'm going to put a pin in it for this episode and move on to managing your time. Uh, Now, I know that you probably know about time blocking. I've known about time blocking, but have you actually ever done time blocking? (laughs) It's great in theory, but it's really not powerful unless you execute on it. So at the top of this year, I've talked a lot about what my one things are. Like my one thing for the year is to grow my uh, coaching practice. My one thing for January is to build a muscle of uh, checking my calendar regularly and working from a calendar. So when I do that, then I know that I am working towards a goal because my calendar is planned that way intentionally. So let me tell you what happens when I I don't uh, time block. When I don't time block and I'm sitting in my office and I don't know what to do next, I pick up my phone and I scroll Instagram for about, you know, I don't anywhere between 15 minutes and two hours. Guess what that does for my business? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) So what I knew I had to do this year as I moved more closer to entrepreneurship and away from corporate clients is to really be intentional about how am I setting up my my months and my weeks and are my tasks aligned to the goals that I'm trying to achieve? I mean, it sounds like, like 
Captain Obvious, but to this girl, it was rocket science to actually like go through this process and see how transformational it has been. So I've done it for two weeks. And the hardest part for me at this point is training myself to keep referring back to my ca- my calendar because what I want to do is just pick up my phone and open Instagram. But instead, I go back to my G calendar and I look, okay, what am I supposed to be doing in this time? And I'm be on Sunday nights when I plan out my calendar, I make sure that, you know, my head is clear and that I'm in a good space or I wait until I'm in a good space. Um, but I love planning. Planning is not a hard part for me. Execution is more difficult for me. So I plan out everything based on like, what is it that I want to accomplish this month? And with that, what do I need to accomplish this week? And I brain dump everything I have to do. And then I put on top of that, like personal things, doctor's appointments, workouts, whatever. And I put it all into my calendar and I don't do it. Here's what oh, the reason why I've always avoided time blocking, because I don't want my calendar scheduled down to the minute. That sounds like stifling to me, but that's not how I do it. I will go do a video of my time blocking calendar, but just very loosely, like 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. is me time and it's blocked off with one ca- uh, color. I don't take appointments. I don't do anything. I don't pick up the phone and I don't do any sort of client work before 10 a.m. because that's when I'm doing my morning process and my journaling and my working out and everything else. And I need to do those self-care acts first thing in the morning or they don't get done. And that's called structured self-care, another podcast um, I'm working on right now, but I know that I need to put my my me time in that container. And then I have like a big block of client time and a big block of like entrepreneur time. And in my entrepreneur time, I will put little tasks in there that also are then zapped over to my um, ClickUp account. And when I mean zap, I mean like it's an integration, Zapier. When I put something in my uh, Google Tasks, it automatically goes into my ClickUp and vice versa. So I know that I have this big block of time and I have like maybe three or four tasks that need to get done in that time. And uh, I have more flexibility. And then I have some white space and then everything after like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night is always me time too. I never schedule anything at night. So I don't want you to get too um, overwhelmed with the idea of time blocking, but I really do think that as I start out down this path of actually planning my weeks in advance, this is the way, the way that it's going to work for me to keep it very sort of high level. And then once I've built that muscle of always going back to my calendar and looking at it religiously, just like I wake up and work out religiously, then I can start getting a little bit more detailed and strategic with my calendar. So like I said, there's two parts of that. There's the building of checking, the building of the muscle to check your calendar, and then like the way you plan it. And assume that it's going to take some time to get used to planning and um, checking back at a calendar. And like I always say with people with ADHD, you have to externalize your reminders and your support. So Alexa reminds me four times a day to check my calendar. Like, I don't even remember the time. So something like 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. or something like that. And she just says, check your calendar. And she says it twice and it goes away. And that, for whatever reason, works. If any sort of notification comes up on my phone or computer, I completely ignore it. So that is working for me right now. And I highly recommend that you uh, get into time blocking there's all kinds of different YouTube videos about it, but I mean, the process is really very simple and you've got to do it in a way that works for you. And, you know, you can color code everything if you're somebody that needs visual stimulation. There's so much you can do with that. And I am working on a group program right now. I'm mapping it out and outlining it and I'm going to do it live for the first couple of rounds. And a piece of that is going to be a live uh, planning session. 
So if that is something that interests you, like, wow, every Sunday evening for, you know, 30 days, uh, for, so for four Sundays, I am going to, you know, meet uh, another group of uh, ambitious ADHDers and we're going to get on a phone call together, a Zoom call, and we're going to, like, you're going to plan your own week, but I'm going to show you how to do it. And if that sounds interesting to you, go to it's ADHD, it's ADHDfriendly.com forward slash coaching. There will be <clears throat> down towards the bottom of the page after the one-on-one coaching, you'll see something about group coaching interest. So if you want to put your name on that list, it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to get direct access to me and you'll also meet uh, other people and learn from other folks because I do a lot of group coaching as a participant as well and I find it so powerful. So that's what I've got. Trust me on this. It's great for getting snizzle done. Okay, the next point is creating habits like a ninja. Now, this is something I've been doing for a long time and it has served me well. So as you know, if you've been around here for a while, my first transformation was in health and fitness and I went from a pack a day smoker and a binge partier drinker who was well over 200 pounds and um, nothing like what I am now. So I'm like the complete opposite of all of those things and I go to bed at 9 p.m. So the transformation happened in my 20s, but I have stuck with it because I created habits that supported that new lifestyle. And I did it super slowly and methodically over time. So it's stuck. And let's be honest, losing 80 pounds and quitting smoking, that's hard, guys. That is super hard for anybody, much less somebody who has ADHD, bad at follow through and persistence is quite literally their last um, character strength on the list. Like that is my lowest. So, but I didn't, I did it. I persisted and I did it because it was important to me. And I set up a structure and uh, to build these habits. And the same thing applies in business. I just talked about the uh, the calendar habit that I'm building. I know those things work. I know like deep in my heart and soul that that works. And that's why I'm so fired up about ADHD coaching because I can take this skill and expertise that I have of building habits and help the folks that need it the most. So... All of these behaviors lead me towards my highest quality work, my most consistent and effortless productivity, and quite honestly, the results have been amazing. I have never had this level of clarity and focus and output in my business or ever before. And now we can chalk some of that up to experience because I've been an entrepreneur for a long time, but more so it's about accepting that I have an ADHD brain and finding ways to work with it, not fight against it. So all of this comes back to, and I'm wrapping up now, you really have to invest in getting to know yourself and your brain. You've got to accept that you have a, like a different brain, a neurodivergent brain, and you can like make it your superpower by working with it. I know that sounds super cringy to those of you who don't like self-help as much as I do, but hear me out. I think every adult, ADHD or not, should be aware of their personal strengths, core values, interests, and talents. We should also be aware of our personal blind spots, things that we are tolerating, and what boundaries we need to create a happy and successful life. So much of this can be done on your own if you are skilled at this sort of thing or with a good therapist. But if you really want to integrate these insights into your future and leverage them as superpowers, you got to go for coaching because it's just the best investment you will ever make. I got to tell you that last year when I started, I started investing in coaching the minute I suspected I had ADHD. I've talked about my, um, my diagnosis process 
and it was looked went over a couple of months. But even before I got the yes, you have it, I was enrolled in ADCA, which is an ADHD specific coaching program. And I have not stopped since I've, I've finished that program, I, I graduated from it, I'm now a certified coach. But uh, I continue to be a participant because the structure is freaking awesome. So now I have a new group that I'm a participant in and I have a coach and I will continue to do my own coaching groups as well because I think they're that powerful. I've learned so much about who I am, how my brain works, and I've uncovered a ridiculous amount of limiting beliefs that were not just holding me back, but guys like dragging me down like a pair of cement slippers and those are gone. So case in point, if you've been listening to my podcast for any amount of time last year, not consistent at all. Like I would go months without recording a podcast because I didn't have any systems and I didn't have a process to work through like a workflow. Now I do. And holy smokes, like I've been consistent. Sorry about that. That's my dog. I've been consistent every single week. And you will continue to see that consistency because I'm here to show up for you and I'm here to show up for myself. And I have a plan of action to actually get there because it's blocked off on my calendar. (laughs) Okay, now I'm getting corny. Uh, So that's it. Those are my thoughts on ADHD entrepreneurial superpowers, which can also be parlayed into every area of your life. There is honestly so much I could say about this. But I got to put a pen in it or else this will go on uh, forever and ever and ever. So once again, if you want to look at coaching, I have some one-on-one spots left. But in the spirit of going towards more asynchronous uh, working schedules, I'm going to start moving into group coaching. So if you like the idea of a one-on-one coach, my rates are still pretty reasonable. Okay. And I do have some time left on the calendar for this month and into next month. But come March... We're going group style. So I know some people love that idea. Some people don't, uh, but it's going to be awesome. And I'm thrilled about it. And I would love to work with you either way. So hit me up. I will put a a link to the coaching, um, my coaching landing page in the description of this app. So whatever app you're looking at, just look at the wordy part underneath the title and you'll see a link there or go to my website. It's ADHDfriendly.com forward slash coaching and you can get all the deets there pricing and everything so on that note thank you guys for listening there is going to be a youtube video coming out this weekend as well along the same line so if you like youtube come uh, find me there Uh, i'm also on instagram but a lot less and i'm giving myself the permission to be on instagram a lot less for a variety of reasons but mostly because you know the, the platform doesn't feel good to me as much anymore i really like youtube because, and podcasting, because it's like a place where you learn stuff, you know, and you're not as distracted by, you know, swipe up to get 16 colors of the same sweater I've been showing you for the last three days. It's just a lot more focused and um, niche and valuable in my opinion. So, but that's me. You can still hit me up on Instagram, Karen McGill. I think I might, um, yeah, no, hit me up there if you want. I do check it just not every day. So on that note, guys, before I continue to ramble, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. If you love this episode, give me a five-star ADHD-friendly review, and I will talk to you next Sunday. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.